Welcome to Foothills Youth Podcast, where we help people follow Jesus. I hope these resources are a blessing to you. We are a student ministry based out of Northwest Calgary, and our hope, our desire, is that we see students become resilient disciples in a post-Christian nation. So may this podcast just be a blessing to you in your journey. Um, so tonight, we're talking about Jehovah Witnesses. Um, and uh, my first experience in a Jehovah Witness, uh, hey, there we go, um, Jehovah Witness Church was, I was in high school, and I got invited by my, actually no, I was just an adult, sorry, and my best friend in high school invited me, because he really liked this girl, but he came, uh, she came from a Jehovah Witness background, and so how that works is uh, their, their family structure, their community is very, very solid, um, and so much so that if, if you leave that community, uh, it sometimes can go really well. Some families are, are gracious. In other situations, I've heard stories where uh, you, you kind of get cut off from the family. Anyways, um, what I, he invited me to come to church with them, and they met in a gym. It was kind of like a church plant. If you've ever been, any of you go to Horizon, it actually feels like similar. It felt really similar to that. Um, gym settings, chairs. And so I got this in my idea, this idea in my head that I was like, I was going to go with my Christian Bible, and I was going to fight all of them with it. Like, I had it in my brain. I'm like, these people are so wrong, and I'm going to show them exactly how. And I talked to my dad before, and he said something interesting. He said, when you go, don't, like, expect to win an argument with them and convince them, because it's not going to work. And I really wish I had listened, because I got there, and some people literally asked me, he's like, hey, what book is that that you have? And I said... And I felt super awkward at that moment because I was like, oh, it's hitting the real end. Like, I don't, I don't, didn't do conflict well. And so I was like, oh, that feeling of me wanting to go shove it in people's faces was immediately gone. And I just was like there with embarrassment thinking like I had done something terrible being like, uh, yeah, this is my Bible. And we, and like, she asked me about it. And like, we actually had a conversation about, and she was like legitimately so incredibly curious just about my NIV Bible. And we had a great conversation. We became like acquaintances because I never talked to her again after that um, but uh, but there's some truth in that like when you go and when you have this idea that you have your beliefs and somebody else has their beliefs um, don't go in expecting that you're gonna win an argument because chances are and I'm learning this more and more in our Christian circles is they know our Bible better than you know your Bible that's conviction um, and so come in with the readiness to love and be friends with people because otherwise argumentation, I'm gonna start my timer, I'm gonna go over time, sorry, just a sec. Um, argumentation's not, it's not gonna work. And so, um, be ready, pray, ask Holy Spirit to say, hey, how and what do you want me to say to this person as I enter this conversation? Even if it's like thrown upon you because JWs are kind of known for knocking on your door and all of a sudden they're there. And so then you can have a conversation. So, we're going to hop into it. Uh, JWs, their name comes from the Bible. If you go and look in the King James Version anyway, Isaiah 43.10, it talks about Jehovah's Witnesses. So, Jehovah's Witness, anyways. And Jehovah, they believe in the one God. Is, that's where they get their name from. And this pretty gentleman here, um, his name is Charles Taze Russell. He was the original founder of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, which eventually would become to known... Uh, as um, Jehovah's Witness. Here's the deal. He was sitting in a Bible study 
not unlike what we might do in the Christian church. And he had a real hard time with the doctrine of hell. Fair enough. Who doesn't? And, and, and also, he really hard, found it hard to understand why, how on earth can you have anything that's three in one? Speaking about the Trinity. And, 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 and like, fair enough. That's like, oh, I should use my slides. Um, and fair enough. That's like, that's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. And, and he did have a hard time with this. And so this guy, being a very successful clothes salesman, had a like thriving shop, which is what he used to sponsor uh, and start up his, his printing, uh, which would put what would eventually become the Watchtower, the, the magazine that they hang a hand out. Um, and, uh, and, and just started, you know, on his own way with these beliefs kind of um, established that there couldn't be a hell or that um, it's really difficult to understand a trinity. So, so there's one God. And, and so he set this date for Armageddon, which he believed would be the end of all times in 1914. To, that would happen in 1914. And interestingly, if you ever want to do the research on this, um, somebody in here sent me an email because they did the research on this as well. And, and the way they got the year 1914 is they took a passage in Daniel 4. And they literally found a way to do the math that it was somehow after that, it was like 2,250 years later. I don't remember because I'm already terrible at math. But they figured out that that date in Daniel, uh, the, the estimated date of its authorship and all of that, when they were in exile, plus the 2,250 would get you in 1914. Now, if you were kicking around in 1914, you would probably be pretty convinced that Armageddon was actually happening. Now, does anybody know what was happening in 1914? Yeah, yeah. World War I. Yeah, World War I started. It was the world, it was the war to end all wars. Like, so you're a Jehovah's Witness. 1914 rolls around after this guy says, world's gonna end. That sounds pretty, that sounds pretty legit because World War I was literal hell on earth. Now, what happened is, the world didn't end after 1914. Um, and so what they established then was that Jesus actually, in 1914, was not so much that Armageddon was going to happen, but that's actually when Jesus came and established his kingdom over the world. Like this is when 1914 was the year, to pretend this is the throne room on the kingdom of God, that's the year that, I'm not going to sit on my Bible, don't worry, um, that Jesus sat on the throne in 1914, and began to rule over the kingdom of God, which they believe is a government, actually, not so much uh, a place or, or, you know, the people or what happens in our hearts. Um, so he started Watchtower Society, has a huge printing press in Brooklyn, which I think they just sold for like a billion dollars or something like that. Um, and the Watchtower. The guy who came after him, name was Joseph Rutherford, took over from Russell. He started this door-to-door -door policy. These guys, he was great at evangelism. Like, for, for what they believe. He was fantastic at it. Like, they started and, and they trained and they would send people out. And the, the movement started to grow. Uh, it started to get really successful. And there's a number, and I, I forgot the biblical reference. It's in uh, beginning of Revelation when it talks about the 144,000. Um, that would, and, and he interpreted it as, that's the, that's the amount of people that would make it into heaven. And that was what he said. Problem was that he was so good at what he did is the actual number of members 
in the Jehovah's Witness began to grow above 144,000. So what was established, the belief that was established in that time was the 144,000, if you were born, if you became a, sorry, became a Jehovah's Witness before 1935, you were a part of that 144,000 and you would actually go to heaven when you died. Everybody else after that, you would live in, you live on earth, but eventually when Armageddon came and it would be a paradise. Like, earth would be perfected in a sense, but the 144,000 would be chilling up with God, ruling over the rest of the people who are sitting on, uh, hanging out on earth, which was why you can't have a conversation with them. Uh, I'll get there. I'm just going to teach what they're saying, what they believe. Um, number of missed guesses. Uh, they, they put a, a number of points of, uh, of this is when the world was going to end or this is when Armageddon was going to come. But here's the thing. They weren't the only ones who did that. So you can't look at them and say, hey, you're crazy because uh, look at Y2K, 2012, all of those things. Those aren't necessarily JW things. So what they did is they just interpreted those not happenings as they may have just misinterpreted. And so there must be a real answer in that, which is what they tried to find. Um, because guess what? Sometimes Christians are wrong too. Um, now what they believe, I found most of everything that I have literally on their website, jw.org. Um, and, and so what I'm about to say and what I'm about to say is from their perspective. Um, I, if, so if I say we or I or they or, or, or um, us, that I'm, I'm speaking from what they believe because I think that just might be more effective in this case. So what they believe, oh, uh, yeah. So a number, a couple of other people after Rutherford and all that came through, um, each of which dealing with an Armageddon, they, but eventually they stopped doing that because uh, it's, it, it wasn't happening. So they stopped doing it and kind of adjusted their beliefs to um, fit their interpretation of the Bible or their version of the Bible, but we'll get there. So um, what they believe, what they believe about God. They believe Jehovah is the one true God of the Bible. That doesn't sound too wrong, does it? Um, creator of all things, Revelation 4.11. The prophets, Abraham and Moses worshipped him, as did Jesus. And I included, because they did, uh, biblical references, Genesis 24.27, Exodus 15.1-2, and John 20.17. He is the God not just of one people, but of all the earth. This is what they believe. Um, thing that they believe about Trinity, and they're not wrong about the fact that it says, it does not say the word Trinity in the Bible anywhere. And so, what they say, many Christian denominations teach that God is a Trinity. However, Encyclopedia Britannica says, neither the word Trinity nor the explicit doctrine appears in the New Testament. The doctrine developed gradually over several centuries and through many controversies, which is not wrong. In fact, the God of the Bible is never described as being part of the Trinity. Now, these Bible passages, Jehovah our God is one Jehovah, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Who, you whose name is Jehovah, you alone are the most high over all the earth, Psalm 83, 18. This means everlasting life. They're taking a knowledge of you, the one and only true God, and one of whom you sent forth, Jesus Christ, John 17, 3. God is only one, Galatians 3, 20. Their argument is, who ran the universe for three days while Jesus was dead in the grave? If Jesus was God and Jesus died, wouldn't then God also have to be dead and non-existent and dead as well? So in those three days, what was God up to? Was he just non-existent? Who was, who was driving the ship, as it were? Um, what they believe about his omnipresence is God is able to see everything and to act everywhere he chooses. 
However, the Bible does not teach that God is, this is, again, I'm, I just need to clarify again, this is me speaking what they believe. Um, the Bible does not teach that God is not omni, that God is omnipresent, that is present everywhere in all things. Instead, he shows us that he is a person and then resides in a dwelling place, which they believe is heaven. Uh, what they believe about Jesus, following the teaching and examples, they believe that, it, in, that you should follow the examples and teaching of Jesus. Yes, right? Um, that, that they, and they honor him as Savior and as the Son of God. Thus, they say, we are Christians. However, we have learned from the Bible that Jesus is not Almighty God and that there is no scriptural basis for the Trinity doctrine. Jesus referred to himself, this is them speaking, as God's Son or the Son of God. And they give some scripture verses here. Jesus never identified himself as Almighty God. Moreover, Jesus prayed to God. And while teaching his followers how to pray, Jesus said, Our Father in the heavens, let your name be sanctified. Or our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Jesus revealed God's name when he quoted an ancient passage of Scripture and said, Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our God is one. Jehovah. Jesus' opposers accused him of making himself equal to God. However, Jesus never claimed to be on the same level as Almighty God. He said, The Father is greater than I am in John 14, 28. Um, the Bible identifies why Jesus had a greater impact than any other good man who ever lived. When Jesus asked his closest followers who they thought he was, one of them correctly answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. They believe that he is the spokesperson for God. That um, it, through these different things, that, that he is above humans, but not God. What they believe about Holy Spirit. Uh, they believe the Holy Spirit is an invisible act or force that God uses to inspire his followers to do his will. Kind of like electricity in a sense um, they don't talk a ton about the Holy Spirit but they also don't believe that uh, he is God so their Bible their translation is called the New World Translation of the Christian Greek Scriptures uh, they believe the Bible was written by the same by some 40 men over the course of 1600 years if you've ever taken biblical history that sounds really familiar um, in fact the Bible is a miniature library of 66 books it consists of the 39 books of the Hebrew Scriptures called by many the Old Testament and the 27 books of the Christian Greek Scriptures often called the New Testament. They, they recognize the Bible as inspired by the Holy Spirit and um, while they accept the entire Bible, they are not fundamentalists. They recognize that part of the Bible are written in figurative or symbolic language and are not to be understood literally. One of their biggest, and I've already talked about it a couple times, their biggest like foundational part of their belief is this thing called Armageddon. And it's not that was a, that was the that was the Will Smith movie, right? Armageddon. You guys are probably too young to watch that. It's a great movie. Um, welcome to Earth. Am I right? Yeah. Anyways, um, key facet. Uh, you guys obviously have never seen that movie. Um, Armageddon. This is what they believe to be the end of the world, not the end of the Earth. Um, since it's mankind's eternal home. Rather than destroying, her uh, destroying humanity, Armageddon actually saves it because a great crowd of God's servants will survive. Now, besides referring to the earth, though the word world in the Bible sometimes referred to wicked human society opposed to God, in a sense, Armageddon will bring the end of the world in that the end of wickedness. So, Basically, uh, when they think this will happen, 
They're not sure. They say that this is a mystery. Uh, they've, they've, in, the, in, in the past, they've taken guesses and stabs at it, um, and, and they didn't happen, but they are where they are now in their interpretation. Um, and they interpret now the 1914, that's when Jesus took over the kingdom. Um, how they worship, they pray to God, they read and study the Bible, they meditate on what they learn from the Bible, they meet together to pray, study the Bible, sing, express their faith, express their faith, and encourage fellow witnesses and others, preaching the good news of the kingdom, they help those in need, they construct and maintain kingdom halls and other facilities uh, to further their, our worldwide Bible educational work, they share in disaster relief, and their evangelism is next level in that they are quite effective at it in that they actually go and speak to people about their faith. It's actually part of their mandate. So what will happen is you have you actually mark the num the the amount of hours that you are that you evangelize, and somebody from in the church will actually check your like hour list and see how long and how much you evangelizing you did in that particular week. So high high level of accountability. Salvation, what they believe you need to do in order to be saved. They believe that it's salvation. Deliverance from sin and death is possible through the ransom sacrifice of Jesus. To benefit from that sacrifice, people must not only exercise faith in Jesus, but also change the course of their life and get baptized. A person's works prove that his faith is alive, or her faith. Um, there is a level of uh, male, I, I, I don't have another word for it, but male superiority in this, in that... Um, they're, they're quite they're quite literal when they come when it when, like well, I said mentioned before in the Bible so and if you've read the Bible um, any part of it you'll note the uh, the culture of male superiority um, and so they take that very seriously as well um, and uh, and and I believe what they think is that there are no women in the 144 thousand only males but women can take place or take part in the uh, the the earth uh, paradise. Um, they believe that you're saved through works. Jesus paid for Adam's sins, which paves the way for man to save themselves by good works. They believe that when you die, not there yet, uh, when they die, you actually stop existing, like you're done, like it's over, like you're, you, and then at the resurrection you get recreated. So, um, and it doesn't matter you're good, bad, uh, in, in their case, saved or not saved. If you're a Jehovah's Witness and you die, eventually what will happen is you will become part of the new paradise on earth. But what they believe in Armageddon is that all the evil people will just not exist anymore. There's no such thing as hell. So there mean, that means that anybody who's not a Jehovah's Witness would just poof, like stop existing. So here's like... I'm just going to commend them on one thing that they do that I think is really awesome, is they don't have any paid clergy, a.k.a. no pastors, no professional pastors. I think we, the Christian church, could learn from this, not that I think that the church would stop paying me, because um, <laughs> I would be homeless. Um, but the point in that is that everybody is expected to do the ministry of the church. And so, if everybody is expected to do the ministry of the church, how guilty, let me just ask, how guilty are we, the church, sometimes saying, you're the pastor, you do the ministry. 
you're the one who went to Bible school. You go evangelize. That's not my job to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. I'm supposed to invite them to church, and then you tell them about Jesus. I think they're on to something, at least methodology-wise. So here's where the biggest difference is. And um, so now I'm moving from teaching to, to teaching, but from a Christian perspective, from what we believe, to what our plumb line of truth we believe is. Who Jesus is. This is, our, this is one of, if not the biggest difference in our belief. Like I mentioned before, they believe that Jesus is not God, only that Jesus was a man, a perfect man, who actually, before he came down in bodily form as Jesus, was, Mar- was like the archangel Michael. Um, and, and that dude's in the Bible. Um, and then when Jesus died he, and, and resurrected, he wasn't actually that same body that died, but became almost like a mirage, but still was in spirit form, Michael, not Jesus anymore. So what we believe, what this belief is, what we in Christianity, that Jesus isn't God, we call that Arianism. And Arianism is, is, is bottom line that Jesus isn't God. So let me just tell you what would happen if Arianism was correct. So if these, if, if Jehovah's Witness are right, this is what happened. That God sent a creature in order to show us how we could bridge the gap between heaven and earth by learning how to follow a wonderful example. A creature, not himself. That if that's true, then the Son cannot be a bridge between God and humanity if the bridge doesn't fully reach both ends. The difference is is between trying harder and the belief that God is the one who has done what it takes to deliver us. There then is effort on our part that needs to be had. We must earn our salvation because of the fact that he was a good, if, if he wasn't God, he was a good man. We would say even, and they would, where we would agree that no man is born without sin, that he was good enough, that he paid a ransom death, whereas we believe he came God and man in one and died for our sins that would mean Jesus didn't have the full knowledge of God because man can't fully comprehend God and the love that we find in Christ is really external to that God and if God doesn't send himself doesn't give himself but sends a lesser created being it shows the level of which he's willing to give for us. It radically changes who God is. It completely changes who God is. And here's the thing. You will never be able to convince somebody through the hope of heaven. You won't be able to convince a Jehovah's Witness, hey, if you come believe what we believe, you'll be in heaven. Because honestly, they're totally fine with living in paradise on earth. They're okay with that. They're actually like, yeah, that's fine, because that's all I've been told that will happen, and, and they will, um, ooh, timer's here, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, and so they, that's not how you will convince them. The Trinity, three in one, 
we believe this is foundational to our belief that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy, Holy Spirit are three distinct but share the one divineness. This is key because if Jesus, again, is not God, his sacrifice was not complete, and we're not saved, we have to clean up the extra effort that's been left on the table. Does that make sense? Resurrection? If Jesus actually didn't rise from the dead, what hope then do we have in that? That the promise in 1 Corinthians 15 talks about that one day all who are in Christ will rise. That is, we who have been made, we won't be remade, but we who God has made will rise again. And we'll live with, in unity with God. We won't be separate from God even in eternity. In salvation. If you haven't been here very long, I often say you cannot save yourself. The first three things, who Jesus is, the Trinity, the resurrection, that defines our salvation. It's only in Christ that we can be saved. Only in Jesus. And I can give you references. Revelation 1, 17, 18, Philippians 2, Luke 20, John 20, John 1. All of these things. These are huge differences. So how do you have somebody, how do you have a conversation with somebody? Well, here's the thing. <coughs> you probably will never be able to convince a Jehovah's Witness to believe in Christ, the Savior, who is God. You won't be able to. Why? Because they know your Bible better than you probably know your Bible. They'll be able to argue you into the ground. Like seriously, they study multiple times a week at their kingdom halls. They know your Bible and they know their Bible. And even if you point out holes in their belief where it kind of feels a little bit wonky, even in where their Bible would say what we believe, they'll walk out. They're trained. They can't interpret the Bible on their own. They're, they're, they're not allowed to interpret this on their own. So they'll leave and you won't have a follow-up conversation. <laughs> so even if you try to like come at it full bore and say, hey, here's why you're wrong. I can prove it to you in your Bible. I can show you in Revelation where Jesus says actually he is God. It does say it in their Bible where Jesus, is cla Jesus claims his authority that he died and rose again. And somebody forgot to edit that part out. <laughs> if you point that out to them, they'll leave. They won't, they, and they won't come back. <laughs> Like they won't. You will not see them again. So what do you do? You can't. What you pray for is that they have an encounter with the living Christ. That you pray literally that whoever you know would meet Jesus himself. That's what it will take. You hear about like Muslim people having dreams that Jesus will appear to them and it transforms their life. Pray that for your Jehovah Witness friends. Seriously. It sounds crazy and like kind of out to left field but pray it because that's unless they meet Jesus himself the one who really gave his life for him and for them and their lives can be made whole because of what he did not because of what they did that will change their life and and don't be a butthead that's the other way seriously don't be rude be like come in and, and like if they knock on your door Ask them to come in and have a cup of coffee or water or something. And just 
have a conversation with them. Listen to what they have to say. Ask questions. Um, ask good questions. And the other thing is you need to know why Jesus' divinity is vital to your faith. I can say it from up here every week, every week, every week. Unless you figure it out for yourself, it won't change your life. Unless you have a personal encounter with the living Christ, it won't change. My words won't change anything. They share their faith more than we do, for sure. So let me ask you, do you share your faith? It's teaching, preaching. Do you share your faith? Maybe not door to door, because you probably won't ever have conversations with your neighbors ever again. <laughs> but have, do you share your faith? Do you know how? I can teach you, and we can show you, but we can't do it for you. You need to learn how. If this is something that you feel like God is calling you to, come and ask us for sure. But don't let what happens at youth ministry be the only way that you are equipped. You need to start studying this on your own. You need to have an understanding of who Jesus is, why he is who he is, and why it's important. And ask good questions about your own faith. I just, like, yeah. Um, one last side bar on this, and then you guys can go. Um, I want this to be a place where you can have and, and, and feel safe to ask the questions that maybe you've never felt safe to do so. I grew up as a pastor's kid in churches where if I started asking questions about certain parts of my faith, I'm not even joking. I would have some old people come up to me and say, or say to my parents, and then they would come talk to me, I think, I think your son is starting to waver a bit. I think your son might be losing his faith. No. <laughs> I just want to know why we believe what we believe. So let me clear the air here. There is no such thing as a stupid question here. Well, there might be, <laughs> but there's, but I want you to make, I want this to be a place where you feel like you can ask that question that you've had about God for your entire life, but never felt like you were able to do so. You can ask it here. Okay. And if we don't know, we'll tell you, we'll say, I don't know. But let's try and figure this out together. So that's my little sidetrack. Um, any last questions? Any any like I just want to any pop up questions you might have about this? Yeah. What's the name for the uh, Spotify? Spotify? Oh, uh, Foothills Youth Foothills Youth Two Words Dash Sermons. Um, that's it should be on Spotify. Yeah, it is on Spotify. Sorry, that's what it should be. Yeah. Yes, they, they don't believe hell exists. Yeah, so because, like, it's a hard doctrine to understand, right? Like, how do you talk to somebody who doesn't know Jesus about hell, right? For them, Buddy was sitting, like, probably not much older than all of you were, sitting in a Bible study and said, wow, hell sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, fair, I, I can, when you see and you understand the difficulty it is to digest, you kind of understand how they got there, Right? Sort of answer your question? Yeah. What do they believe about the devil? Well, he doesn't... Uh, they believe... Uh, that's a good question. I actually don't know. I would assume... Because I did a lot of research on this, and his name never came up. 
So I'm assuming because hell doesn't exist, neither does he. Yeah. Hmm? That's just that's just bad people. It's either nothing or God. That's literally it. And that's like that shows you in like what they believe about their death. That you just if you don't believe if you're not a Jehovah's Witness, you just stop existing. Wait, so if they don't believe in this devil, if that's our assumption, sure. then how did sin come to exist for them if they believe in that? Still Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. No, I, I, I maybe he might not snake. be Oh, no. Okay, I'm just going to backtrack on that. That's a good question. I do know the answer to this. Um, so, they believe that Satan rules the world right now. But he will not be able to rule it once Armageddon comes. Okay, sorry. This is, yeah, okay. One last little thing. So, this is what Armageddon is. They believe that Armageddon... Thank you. Good, good, good. This is one this really important thing. God and his heavenly army are going to come down to earth and whoop some devil butt. And, um, and all that don't believe in him as well. It's literally just going to be one big battle, and then the world will end. And then there will be the 144,000 in paradise, earth will become paradise, and everybody else who's a Jehovah's Witness will live there. How did they come to that specific number again? Uh, it's in Revelation. I don't remember the quote, but if you go, go online, when you go, like, just search the 144,000, and in the NIV, you'll find it in here too. Okay? Revelation's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Any other questions? Okay. Questions are at the. Oh, was that a question? No. Okay. Uh, discussion questions are on the chair at the back. Let me pray for you in the name of Jesus. I pray the blessing that you would call, or that we would all answer your call, Lord Jesus, to share your faith, to listen well, to ask good questions, and to love uh, these other human beings that they're, they're missing out on the beauty of Jesus and who you really are. Um, that our hearts would be broken for those who who miss out on the beauty of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Lord Jesus, I know that there are many, many Jehovah's Witnesses who battle and suffer from depression because of the, the expectation on their lives that they just, they, they, they can't live up to. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would appear to them change their lives.